Metaxas Show with your host, Eric Metaxas. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, uh, I have as my guest for this hour, none other than Catherine Engelbrecht. Catherine, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, in case anybody is not paying any attention or maybe they're communists, uh, they don't know that there's a movie out called 2000 Mules. I talk about it all the time because uh, I steal the show with my green pants. That's what I keep saying. But that's not really true. It's a very serious (laughs) movie. You uh, and your colleague, his name is. uh, I'm slipping your colleague, Greg, gosh, the two of you with Dinesh D'Souza put together an absolutely magnificent case about what unfortunately uh, looks to anybody paying attention like a stolen election. So you make that case. Uh, I want to ask you some questions about it, because I know there are people that maybe they're skeptical. I think if you see the movie, it's hard to be skeptical. But tell me and my audience, Catherine, uh, how did you come to this information? Tell us about True the Vote. How did this whole process start where you you believed that it was provable, that we could show what happened? Well, True the Vote started in 2010, and over these many years, we've seen the continued version of process. And so, uh, you know, you, you begin to see the warning signs. You begin to know that, you're head, that the process is headed in a direction uh, that uh, soon enough was going to be irretrievable. Uh, when we crossed over into 2020 and laws were being changed by fiat, by lawsuit, uh, the push for mail-in ballots, the, the, the dropping or the, the, the installation of these privately funded drop boxes, all of this together uh, gave us, um, unfortunately, a, a, a pretty clear formula of, for exploitation because we knew that the voter rolls were, uh, for the last 10 years of our work, we knew that they were uh, inaccurate. We knew that the push of those of those rolls into mass mail out of ballots was going to mean you're going to have a lot of loose ballots around that aren't going to find their intended location. Uh, Catherine, forgive me for for interrupting, but I I just want to be clear that you and True the Vote, you've been on this subject, uh, on this crusade for clarity in our elections. There are some people probably that have a jaundiced view of you and true the vote. What, I mean, how did you get involved in this and, 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 and why are you involved in this? I mean, I just want people to get to know you a little bit so that they understand uh, where you're coming from. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, I started this in, in 2010 uh, sort of officially, but, but it was really the year before that I got involved in elections uh, for the very first time. And it was really quite by accident. We had learned that there were, were not enough volunteers. And so a very small group of us said, you know, let's just go work at the polls because they need volunteers. Um, I had recently read a, a Pew study from Pew Center on the States that talked about um, sort of the, the uh, to paraphrase the title of the, sur- of the study, it was basically what would happen if, if America had an election and everyone showed up. And the, the study went on to talk about how the process would crack in half because it's just not built to support the way truly engaged electorate. And that, that thought really stuck with me as we went and volunteered and saw problems. Um, it, it one, one layer begat the next. We questioned why the problems were as we saw them related to process in the polls that related that then led to research projects to understand 
why the process is broken and why the roles are inaccurate. And flash forward 10 years later, uh, you know, I mean, look, Truth Vote's a nonpartisan organization. Uh, we stand for election integrity and free and fair for all Americans. Uh, there's no doubt that it's it's been um, it's been a struggle because it's 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 a highly polarizing topic, as I've come to to uh, be acutely aware of. But at the end of the day, this is about uh, this is about principle and not about politics. And um, and that's you know something that every American should be concerned about right now with where we find ourselves in 2020. The process is slipping away, and that that doesn't carry with it an R or a D that's, that's, you know, as we like to say, we're not fighting for Republicans. We're fighting for the Republic. Well, I think that there's some people that are cynical. They'll, they'll never believe that, but I want to just exhort people to take this seriously. Uh, You should care if elections are free and honest and clear. And, and I mean, if, if you don't care about that, you're cynical and you're worse than useless. You're part of the problem. And I, I want people to get engaged. Uh, and I think obviously by seeing the film, it begins to open their eyes to, to what's going on. And we have to understand there are bad people out there. There are people that don't share our values. And if they can steal something, they actually think like they should steal it because the guy that, that, that they don't like is really evil. And they, they don't they don't seem to believe in the system. They don't seem to believe that we, the people, should get to choose our candidates. And so we have to be on the lookout. It's kind of like having cops. It would be nice to say, well, we don't need cops. We need people to look into these things. We need people, unfortunately, to keep um, our eyes on what is going on. We need poll watchers. We need people to be engaged. We need an engaged electorate. If you don't have that, you lose everything. Um, That's right. So. Now, there are people, what are some of the principal criticisms? I mean, there are some people out there, they're just angry that you've done this work, that the film is out, that people are seeing 2,000 Mules. And so they seem to be making some claims. I think these are false claims, but answer some of those. What are some of these things that people are saying to undermine what you're putting out there? Um, the, the biggest one we hear is, oh, that you can't trust this data, that geospatial data isn't this accurate. And that's simply false. Uh, law enforcement uses geospatial data and tracking data every, every day in their pursuit of uh, criminal uh, investigations and, and witnesses to crimes. Um, it's, it's what you know, the CDC uses to track the population. It's what... Uh, massive marketers like Starbucks use to track you when you into their driveway and they know to offer you a, you know, a discount on lattes. This data is frighteningly exacting. So, so the, the argument that it's not accurate, just, you know, is, is easily dismissed. Yeah. I mean, D- Dinesh uh, online has been dealing with that, but it, it's interesting, isn't it? We knew this would happen when I oh, saw sure. the film, I, I knew that there are people that are just going to say, I don't like this and I'm going to take pot shots. I mean, it's happened to me with my books. There's certain people that they just have a, a, a built in animus against something. They don't care about the facts or, or they, they just think like the facts are are just confusing me. I, I don't want to deal with the facts. I just want to stick to my talking point, which is that Trump's a jerk. Uh, if if you uh, if you don't like the way the election turned out, you're a bum. You know, they're not really right. dealing uh with with the facts um uh if people go to true the vote what is the website for true the vote true the vote.org 
truthevote.org. And, and what do they find if, if, if they want to get involved in this, assuming they've seen the film 2000 Mules already, uh, where do they, what do they find at truthevote.org? Uh, the first thing I would encourage them to check out is an app that we have called IV3. So the letter I, the letter V, the number three, and you can see it on its own website at IV3.us. That is an app that allows uh, interested voters to log in and look at their local voter rolls, where we've done some uh, pre-sifting of the rolls to identify what appear to be ineligible records. And there is a process that a registered voter can follow to submit those records to their local county and have them then take another step towards evaluating the accuracy of the rolls and working towards clean rolls for 2022 and subsequent cycles. That process, as granular as it sounds, is key to helping our election officials maintain accurate roles because you know there's 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 a lot to the story of election integrity and one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that states are routinely sued and prevented from being the roles and so one of the only ways to to really make sure you can engage is at the citizen level so that's an example of one of the things that we have posted uh in the days ahead there will be more ways to engage but um you know, right now, 2000 Mules is, is, you know, what everybody's talking about. And so continuing to, we're doing, um, every Monday night, we're doing Ask Us Anythings where we're inviting people to participate and just ask questions and, you know, really, I think, come into the awareness that we are entering a new phase of the need to fight for elections. Uh, this is not just, you know, th- this, is, this is going well beyond anything we've seen in the past in an effort to subvert a process. Americans need to be awake and engaged. Uh, you said if people go to truthevote.org every Monday night, did you say? Every Monday night. And you can, actu- you can actually hook to it from our website. Uh, it's, it's actually being hosted in locals. So that's locals.truthevote.org. And you can check us out there where we're going live every, every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern for an hour or so. And uh, this is about taking our country back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you get involved, this is how we take our country back from people who are really enemies of America. We have to be honest. We have to uh, call a spade a spade. These are enemies of America. The founders vision, the Constitution, they don't value these things. And we have to we have to fight. We have to do what we can. We'll be right back talking to Catherine Engelbrecht. Talking to Catherine Engelbrecht, who's one of the principal figures uh, in 2000 and Mule, 2000 Mules, and in making uh, this happen, the possibility of uncovering what happened in the election and doing something about it. And Catherine, I have to ask you: uh, Everybody says, "Okay, we've seen this. We believe that uh, there's criminal activity. We believe that there were obviously way more than 2000 Mules involved." in uh, ballot stuffing and all this stuff and uh, that they, 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 they got their leads. They got paid from these various NGOs around the country. So people always want to ask, when is somebody going to get arrested? What is going on? So what, what is going on? 
Well, we've been slowly working for working forward with law enforcement in the jurisdictions in which we've done the research. And you're beginning to see uh, the first evidences of this in Arizona. Um, there were two arrests, two indictments and arrests made uh, some months ago. But just recently, um, frankly, just on the heels of the movie, um, if you think about in the movie, there's a scene where there's a woman in shadow that talks about her involvement in trafficking and how she was uh, she was tapped to be the one to make the payouts and drop the ballots and so forth. Well, it was that testimony uh, that led to um, a, a, a subsequent um, arrest and seizure of electronics and so forth at uh, one of the NGOs uh, there in Yuma County. And the the investigation is is broadening day by day. Um, so that's that's an example of how things are starting to come together. I will also tell you that we are thrilled about the fact that so many sheriffs are reaching out to us. We've, you know, we've learned the hard way that going uh, through AGs and secretaries of state can be fraught with politics, but sheriffs uh, there at the ground level seem to be very keen on pushing this and making sure that laws are being followed in their communities. So you're going to see a lot more in the days ahead. Uh, Mike Lindell has been on this program and he has out and out said that uh, the attorney general in Georgia Raffensperger is corrupt. Um, are you able to comment on that? Because I do get the impression just from what you said, even if I hadn't heard that from Mike Lindell, that a, a lot of people, uh, including Republicans, are they're somehow a part of this dirty mess and they do not want light uh, to shine uh, on what is going on behind the scenes. I mean, that's that's horrifying, but we need to yeah. talk about it. Well, no, you're, you're exactly right. And 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 it is difficult. I mean, in Georgia, the, the secretary of state, Secretary Raffensperger, has announced investigations moving forward. And he announced that in January. Um, but it's it's been a very uh, tenuous situation ever since. Um, and, and yes, what we have experienced is that both sides uh, want to uh, bury this, want to act as though there is no problem with process and we can just continue on, uh, you know, as, as, as things have been uh, with the belief that down the road, maybe, you know, may, maybe they'll, they won't be on watch when it finally craters. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's really disheartening because we are, we are so close to, we're looking over the abyss, but we're not fully tipped yet. If, if we engage now, there's, there's great reason to believe that we could bring this back, but, but left and right are covering this up in, uh, in ways that, that really are do a disservice to the American people. Well, that's what I find so interesting is that, you know, it, it's not a Republican Democrat issue. I think one of the things that has happened uh, really since the uh, election of, of Trump in 2016 is that there has been a reordering uh, for so many people. They realize that what they have heard, which I've heard many times that, oh, there's really just one party. It's a swamp. It's a bureaucracy. It's all the same stuff, whatever. I have to say that I now recognize that that's true. I recognize that there are people who I thought cared about what I care about, but they don't really. They're just... Uh, you know, maybe a little bit more conservative or more America loving than their Democrat counterparts, but they are nowhere near where they need to be. They're part of a system. It's dirty. They've got a good thing going. Uh, they they are not people that uh, radically desire 
transparency and honesty. They don't even believe in those things. They sort of, they know it's dirty and they just figure this is what you have to do to get by. A lot of establishment Republicans, although we call them rhinos, but it really is horrifying. But I always say the good news is that people are waking up. Um, You mentioned these sheriffs. What can happen? In other words, again, the reason I keep pushing people, please see the movie, is the more people who talk about this, the more difficult it is for people to ignore this. So what is happening out there? You mentioned sheriffs uh, getting involved. Yeah, I mean, it's been great. So, you know, let me let me give you explain it by giving you an example of where we have been. Uh, We began to first talk to law enforcement about our findings in 2021, early 2021. And what we were told at the time, and we were this is when we were meeting with secretaries of state, attorneys general uh, and and the equivalents, uh, we were being told, well, you know, this is this is very interesting, but this is there, there's really not enough here to investigate. We don't really see where you're going with this. And and, and it was it was maddening because it was so clearly um, incongruent with the facts that were being presented. It, it was like, are you listening and seeing what we're showing you? It, it, it was maddening. Now, where we find ourselves with sheriffs is is they they totally understand and, and are and are ready to say you know, show us the data. Um, they understand the way that they go about taking that cell phone data and having it de-anonymized so that they can use it to start proper investigations and dealing with people directly, but they do the investigation. And so it's, it's a, it's a really, um, and they, and if you do it that way, this can go very, very quickly. And so that's, that's the hope is cutting through all of this red tape and on all of the. Forgive me. I just realized we're going to a break. We'll be right back talking to, Catherine Engelbrecht, 2000 Mules is the film. Don't go away. If I stay with you, Make like a Mr. Milk Toast. Folks, welcome back. I am talking uh, to one of the principal figures in the film. 2000 Mules, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, um, along with her colleague, Greg Phillips, they made it possible for us to see what is going on in America. Dinesh D'Souza masterfully pulls it together in the film 2000 Mules. I am so grateful to God, Catherine, for you and for Greg and for Dinesh and Debbie. I mean, the idea that this film is coming out because... I think to myself, okay, let's say Dinesh said, no, I'm not going to do it. What else do we have? I think that, uh, you know, Mike Lindell has been a hero, but that kind of information is more difficult for people to process. Uh, Their eyes glaze over. They don't know what to do about it. Your stuff is just much more concrete. Right. And, And look, there's, this is a thousand front war. There are, there are issues all across this board when, when it comes to process and subversion of that process. But yes, I think that what, what we intentionally uh, chose to do is follow a path that would, that would necessarily um, be trackable, be provable. And, um, and we felt like it was a, it was a, it was a clearer path to articulate to the broader American public that, that will understand this is, this is how it's being stolen. So, um, but it's only one of the ways that, I mean, this, our process is, so deeply broken. I, I can't stress it enough. There, there's so much work that needs to be done. But I, I, isn't it, doesn't it say everything that 
only the kind of voter fraud, this ballot stuffing that you guys investigate, only that is sufficient to flip the election to Donald Trump. If that had been dealt with, that to me is amazing because I realized there were other kinds of significant fraud. The machines were hugely significant, unless that's I'm missing something. I, I don't know. Um, this is just far worse than anybody would 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 dream of. I I, I, yeah. I still can't believe. I mean, in other words, I would have guessed that that what you investigated would have shown how it was possible that the election might have been flipped. But it didn't show that it showed that the election was flipped just from your kind of information. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the election should have never been certified. That's the that's sort of the the opening salvo to where we find ourselves today. It should have not been certified. And the reasons it should have not been certified was that the the chain of custody that was required across many fronts in the election process, uh, state by state by state was not in place. That, that is, was provable then and is provable now. The data was not in place. The, the documentation was not in place. Now you see, you know, with, with the project that we've taken on, the video that was required if you were going to use the drop boxes, that was not done. I mean, just you could just go down a list of, of boxes that were not checked that are required in order to certify. And, and so with, with that sort of having been tossed out the window, then you just, you start chasing the ghost in the machine. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't get to a bottom line because there's so many missing pieces. And that's why I say this process is so broken that we have to address it. It is granular. I mean, it's going to take time. Well, l- let me ask you a- a- about that. Now you say they shouldn't have been certified. This has been a huge civics lesson for many Americans because most of us didn't pay attention because it always, we assumed it was going fine. Uh, and then we find out it's not going fine. And then we start to wonder, uh, we, we start to ask what it is that's not going uh, the way we thought it was going. And one of these things, as you said, is chain of custody, these kinds of things. So when you say the, the, uh, they shouldn't have been certified, who is supposed to step in at that point and say, we cannot certify uh, this? How does that happen? And why didn't that happen? States, state to state, it's handled a little differently uh, uh, in certain states, but by and large, it's the secretary of state or whoever is the the topmost delegate uh, of elections in that state. And they sign off to say that to the best of their knowledge and and understanding the process as it is intended to run, um, that, that meets all of these standards for a certifiable, secure process. And that's that's just inherently not true. Okay, so you're, you're talking about secretaries of state. Let, let's be specific. In other words, what's, what secretaries of state specifically declined to do this? And why would, they do, why would they decline to do what we would think of as their job? Well, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the heat of that moment, and, and those moments in, in the case of 2020, where there was so much... Um, push and pull about whether or not states were going to certify and, and the, the, the electors that were going to, to either be a part of the certification or not. I mean, it got very, very convoluted. But I think that as we so often see with our, with our elected, rather than do the, the wise thing, they, they did the easy thing and just said, well, you know, I mean, it's good enough. And they, they kind of, you know, 
went along and you can't unring that bell. Uh, once, once it's certified, it's, it's sealed. I mean, it's, it's done in a, in a way that is, I mean, but look, all of this, we are on such, un, in such uncharted water for all of this. Uh, this, this, as we continue to reveal more and more about what really happened, but continue to question what can, what can be done to correct the past. I mean, there's so many things that have never really been constitutionally challenged. Um, but certification is one that, uh, there's just no question. There, there's there's so many problems in the process that that alone should have stopped everything in its tracks. But it didn't. Well, look, I mean, it just seems to me we've got to cut to the chase and say we have elected people who are corrupt. They do not have the fire uh, of the founders about freedom, about the voice of the people. They don't seem to care about these things. They seem to be corrupt. And if we don't throw them out of office and elect people who care about these things, we're never going to have our country back. I mean, that, that's number one. Um, I, I want to ask you, do you think Mike Pence could have sent things back to the States? It seems clear to me that he could have, but some people say no. Well, you know, I mean, I'm no constitutional scholar, but based upon what I have read and, and have, have been a part of in, in debates, I, I, I think that, yes, he, he, he ultimately was where the buck stopped to, to make the final call. And, uh, and, he rolled over. I, I have to say it's horrifying to me that people that I think of as good people like Mike Pence would in this moment uh, where the light of history is shining on them, expecting them to do something heroic and difficult. They don't right. do it. It is deeply grievous to me. It is deeply good. We need people who bravely stand up and, and, and do the right thing, even when it's very tough. We'll be right back. Final segment with Catherine Engelbrecht. talking to Catherine Engelbrecht, who's with True the Vote, uh, one of the stars of the film 2000 Mules. If you haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure you're a communist. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, we, we were just talking about Mike Pence's role. Uh, we we're talking about the roles of the secretaries of state around the country. It seems like everybody kind of passes the buck. In other words, doing the really difficult thing, which I would argue takes faith and virtue. It, it's the, the, the really tough thing in these cases, the right thing. It is tough. It takes faith. It takes virtue to say, I don't care what the cost is. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to trust God to be with me. That didn't happen over and over and over and over and over. It's, it's just astonishing. Now, I expect uh, Democratic operatives uh, who are they're not you know only corrupt. They're deeply criminal. I expect them to do this kind of stuff. But then we have to stand against it if that if that's going to happen. So the question is, are you you're I'm guessing you're not able to talk about who you think these NGOs are. Is there a legal reason for that? Yeah, the, the, the reason is we don't want to get ahead of the investigations. I mean, what you're seeing right now in, in Arizona is going uh, as well as it is going because they've had the benefit of, of developing that that trail themselves. And then they can come in and sweep in a way that, you know, that gives them the benefit of timing. So that's why we're, we're being very, very cautious and not wanting to get ahead of anything. We, we, we want to take down the whole house of cards and to do that requires a lot of, a lot of strategy. Well, 
so you talk about taking down the House of Cards. You mean exposing the corruption and showing exactly who wrote checks to mules to do these criminal activities. We're talking about that. Absolutely. And the reason I characterize it as a House of Cards is, I mean, there it is. This is a this is a syndicate that is nationwide and even international. These organizations are, are a web across our country that have in part um, an aspect of them that that requires an element of, of election control. And so it's uh, it's and they're all part of a piece. This is Rico stuff. This is this is huge. Uh, the movie was was clearly enormously helpful in opening people's eyes. But I assure you, there is a lot more work to be done. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. So when you say this is Rico stuff, it's kind of like people saying like, you know, when I was a kid, you believe the mafia exists because you could just say, come on, don't be silly. It, it, it doesn't, you know. And the fact is that it was a vast network of criminal activity so vast that you could not draw a beat on it. You couldn't get up and high enough to know who's right. controlling what. And that was, of course, their design. That is what we're dealing with here. That's um, right. And you're talking about wanting to take down something that they will do anything not to be taken down. They are absolutely desperate. Um, But I just get the impression that you are hopeful. Oh, I'm I'm very hopeful. And and I have I have. I have absolute faith that this is the path that we're supposed to be on, that that all of this has come together for such a time and that, you know, light will continue to be given for the step that we're on. And um, I can't think of, I can't think of a better use of my time on this planet than to continue to press on in faith uh, and, and see justice restored because I am, I'm, I'm eternally optimistic, but that's, that's ultimately what's going to happen. It, it, well, I, I feel like we're, I, I mean, I, I know you well enough to know that you're not naively optimistic the way I sometimes can be uh, because you're in the weeds on this. Um, but everybody needs to do their part. Ladies and gentlemen, I am telling you, you need to see the film. You need to tell people to see the film, buy them tickets to see the film, tell them to go to truthevote.org, get involved. We all need to do our part. Uh, by God's grace, we'll get to the bottom of this. Catherine Engelbrecht, a joy to have you. Thanks for all you're doing. Thank you so much, Eric. In the social justice system, words are considered violence. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious attacks are members of an elite squad known as the Microaggression Victims Unit. These are their stories. Thank you. This is where it happened. Yeah, right here, this morning. Uh, It just happened so fast. I was right here walking through the warehouse. And then, um, then Dave comes in, and he goes, he goes, hi, Kenny. I'm not Kenny, I'm Kendrick. Kenny's the other black guy in the office. Yo, Kendrick! What's up, homie? You good? Yeah. Looking good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Same to you.
I I'm not talking without a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you understand who we are. We're the MVU. Microaggressions victim unit. Social justice, not criminal justice. It means you don't have any rights. No trial, no lawyer, just us. And right now, you're looking at 15 to life. What? 15 years cancellation minimum. First it'll be a Twitter mob, then your friends will stop talking to you, and then you'll be fired, and no one will ever hire you again. <laughs> look, look I, I have kids. I don't worry about your kids. We'll take care of your kids. We'll put them in a program. Well, they'll be loved, fed puberty blockers, <laughs> taught about the sex habits of their teachers, and assuming they're white, told just how racist they really are. Fine. I called him Kenny. Got him. It doesn't matter that he was black. I, I, I confuse people's names all the time. It has nothing to do with race. So you're saying you don't see race? Because that's a microaggression. No. So you do see race? Because that's a microaggression. <laughs> Look, I, I mix up my kids all the time. I'm always getting getting the boys confused. Now you're calling him boy? That's beyond microaggression and the microassault. That's a completely different unit. Book him. What? Ah. Ah. Yeah, it looks like we got a 1738 in progress. Mm. Uh, non-binary getting misgendered at a Starbucks? You're learning, toots. Toots? What? That's a 2516. Felony sexism. No, it's not. Sorry that happened to you, man. There's no place for that here. That Mike's a real jerk. You mean Dave? <laughs> yeah, I was getting my whites mixed. Did you just watch a video from the Babylon Bee? Then you are part of the problem. I'll bet you're gonna like, comment, subscribe, and hit that little bell button too, aren't you? You are a cisgendered, heteronormative aggressor. You are perpetuating problematic, toxic ideas of anglonormativity. normativity <laughs>